Welcome to the Restore Ministries Australia podcast, where we desire to connect you with people, teaching, encouragement and resources that will see you and those around you restored to true humanity. Join us as we seek to help you apply the grace of God onto the details of your life. Well, hello, it's Peter Sondergeld here. I'm uh, one of the directors of uh, Restore Ministries. Great to have you join us today. We're just launching into our first episode of a three-part uh, series that we're doing on stories of uh, sustainable ministry. So we're just going to grab some people who have been in ministry for a decent length of time and just hear their stories about what they do, what they, uh, what they do to stay in the ministry and stay vital and refreshed in that ministry basically how they uh, how they keep going under the weight of what ministry can be often so uh, today we're actually joined by um, Jeff Pierce who's the uh, senior pastor of Leroy Community Chapel in Ohio uh, in America great to have you brother it's my pleasure thanks Pete yeah yeah so Jeff and I have known each other I think since uh, 2016 uh, when I visited the states yeah. uh, went over to the states to uh, to Texas actually um, do you want to just recap for people or, or just throw out there how you and I originally met in the very beginning? Well, I was at a, a terrifying event called uh, Redemption Groups, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I really didn't I didn't know too much of what I was in for, and uh, I was, uh, yeah, that's where we met. You were, you were one of the leaders in that group, and uh, I'm being honest, I, I really didn't know what I was, was in for, and uh, mm. I think one of the most life, one of the greater life-shaping events uh, for me happened at that uh, redemption group and sharing my story probably mm. in greater depth with you and others for the very first time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was great to meet you. I mean, it was an amazing connection in some ways, like in my mind, because one of your colleagues at the time was a um, uh, actually studied on, on campus at Christian Counseling and Education Foundation a couple of years earlier. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that Jill. was a massive mm-hmm. surprise to me to see her there and then to meet you and the rest of the crew was, uh, was a real blessing, brother. It's been great since then to uh, to develop a friendship with you and uh, and to see your heart, uh, your heart for God's people and your heart for what God's called you to do. been a real blessing. Uh, it's been my pleasure, brother. I really do enjoy the times that we get to talk from that time till now. It's my pleasure. Yeah. So, mate, you've uh, you've been in ministry, uh, in pastoral ministry for over over twenty years. You're the uh, the senior pastor of Leroy Community Chapel there uh, at the moment. Can you just briefly kind of sketch out for us uh, what you've done over the last twenty years? What kind of roles you've been in? Uh, what kind of pastoral roles? What kinds of things that involves for you in terms of your activities and and how you serve? Yeah. No, I'd be glad to. Um, I started at Leroy Chapel in '99 uh, as a uh, as a youth pastor, and I did that for uh, about eight years. And then I moved more into an adult ministries um, executive pastor kind of role for a few years, yeah. and uh, oversaw oversaw yeah just all the the ins and outs of all the adult ministries, along with some of the um, we did a building program, and I got involved in that. Uh, and then the uh, the senior pastor left at that time, and uh, I, I did the interim lead for about a year and a half uh, after he left. So there's another hat and uh, a bit of a touch point with being a lead pastor, mm. uh, but didn't really sense God's call to move in that direction. So there was another uh, man that was called to be lead pastor here at the at the church, and I moved in solidly in the direction of mission. 
oversaw uh, all the mission locally and abroad for the church. And uh, he, about uh, nine years later, the uh, that lead pastor left, uh, went through quite a bit of turmoil at the mm-hmm. church, and really did sense a, a, a strong leading from the Lord to um, to remain uh, here at the church and then take on the uh, the lead pastor the lead pastor role. Really didn't sense that that was my calling from the get go. And uh, I didn't see myself in this role for many mm. years, but it has become very clear to me that this is what God's called me to for this season. So yeah, yeah. So what what changed for you, mate? Why you know you, you've been? It's a weird way to put it, I guess. But uh, for your pastoral career, in inverted commas, you've uh, you've been an associate or an assistant pastor for almost all of it, right? Um, right. What why why the change now? Well, I think some of it is uh, is a change in me, and some of it is uh, a season for the church. That there's a there's just a there's a match for the two of us. I think being in a second chair for all those years, I think God made me for a, with a capacity to support another another man, another leadership. Yeah, just another man's vision, and uh, not have to strive for and to uh, to overcome that kind of idea, and just to help him move that forward. And I think that that kind of shape has uh, has shaped a humility. How do you talk about being humble and not have people think you're not humble? But I <laughs> yeah, just yeah. I just think you you it's hard to be a second chair for all those years and not have God yeah just be be shaping a, a sense of humility in your heart and I think that's the kind of shepherd that the church needs right now. Mm. And I see a value in how God has made me and yeah. um, shaped me through those years for these years. Yeah. And um, I need them and they need me. I think it's a good match for us right now. Brother, I, um, having uh, known you since 2016, you know, of all the people that I think about who have a shepherd's heart, you're, uh, you're up there with it. You're probably up there with a few others, to be honest, but you're, you're at the top of the list, you know. Mm-hmm. I just, and I, I just think the people in your church are, uh, are so blessed uh, to have one like yourself who uh, is not interested in putting a show on but genuinely loves God's people and wants to get around them mm. and protect yeah, them you're and really, them. Yeah, really kind, Pete. You know, one of the, I think about the the reason why I love being a pastor just in general, whatever role it is. And really, I never thought myself specifically called to this place mm. until, uh, yeah, maybe five or six years ago, I thought, you know, this is the, these are the people that God has called me to. And that's the whole reason why I enjoy being in pastoral ministry. It is because of people. Yeah. I um, I deeply love relationships, and I mean, I, I do enjoy the, the the idea of a culture of a church changing and people changing, and the the work of teaching and discipleship. Um, but it all is in the context of relationships for me. And um, yeah, I uh, even when I was back, uh, not in ministry, uh, when I was uh, working as a machinist, I still was focused on relationships mm. within the machine shop. And I cared about that most. And that really was one of the confirming factors of me moving in the direction of full-time pastoral ministry. Yeah. Mm. But he, here's the thing. Let me let me just flip it a little bit now yeah. and just get down to the, the gritty part of being a pastor, right? Yeah. It's It's genuinely, it can get to you, right? Yeah. It can it can take the energy out of you. I think the old joke 
about pastors is that they only work one day a week and what do they do the rest of the time? Uh, you know, because it's only on Sunday that they're actually uh, doing any work. But uh, the yeah. truth is, is very different to that. It's it's a um, it's a very intense, tiring job in lots of different, unusual kind of ways. Yeah. So what what tires you out? What stretches you? What kind of pushes you in in your uh, ministry? That's a good question. You know, Angie uh, Angie works as an X-ray tech, and she she wears a lead a lead uh, mm. covering all day and she's on her feet all day and uh, she kind of laughs and, and jokes with me and says, well, you don't have a very physically demanding job. That's why you're not tired. And, and, uh, and, yeah, and she's right. It isn't physically demanding, but why am I so tired quite often? And, you know, I think about that question. I think Pete, I think faith is exhausting. Mm. I think believing God's promises, believing that God is doing something when you don't see it, Mm. And day in and day out, not knowing if it's going to go the direction you long for it to go, not knowing when God is going to come through. I mean, believing yeah. his promises, you just know he's going to because you're believing his promises. But that that just never turns off, mm. you know, that never goes away. Uh, mm. You come home. There is no punching out of trusting God for what's happening. You know, you know, meeting with a young couple last night and uh and they're wrestling with, uh, they want to get married and they have made this commitment to, to not sleep together before marriage. Mm. And, uh, we pray together and they, you know, f- just passionately saying, God, yes, this is what we want. We want, we want to be pleasing in your sight in this way. We want to pursue holiness and I'm believing God for that with them. Mm. You know, I, I do get to lay my head on the pillow knowing that God is sovereign, but at the same time, that's, that's tiring. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm not in control. For me, it's less about money or you know the the ins and outs of the operations of the church. It has more to do with what's happening in people's hearts and mm. when is God when is God going to show up? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think uh, in a lot of ways, I think that's a sign of a of an effective pastor is that they uh, they're heart rides with the wins and the losses of the people that they shepherd you know yeah. and and it, yeah. and it kind of flows with how god's being honored in the place and yeah i think you're right i think that that side to uh relationship with god and relationship with other people which is kind of open-ended and it's, it's not really well most of the time it's it's not clear where things are going to go right um, is it that could be a real challenge for sure, it's a, we we never have all the information or enough information. We we at least I'm not a prophet. I I don't have the foresight to see where things are headed. I have longings in my heart. I see where I long for people to be, but I don't know. So yeah, that's a I I can tend to not even on the negative side. I I would worry about that. It's just. It's tiring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not in control. I don't yeah. see where it's going. And uh, quite often when you're out in front uh, of the pack, so to speak, leading, um, people are asking you for more information. They're asking you for insight. And I, mm. I, I'm pointing them to trust God at the same time that I'm trusting God. Yeah. And that's what I get to lead them to do. We get to lead them to trust the Lord. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And many times that's not uh, satisfying for folks, you know. It's not satisfying for me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I've heard yeah. that some people struggle with control sometimes. I mean, it's it's oh, never been a problem for me, but I don't think that's what this program's about. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you ever, yeah. you ever get disappointed? What does yeah. what does that look like for you? Where does disappointment pop up for you in uh, ministry? I think 
pace probably has a lot to do with it. You know, things not moving at the pace that I think it's supposed to move or, you know, we're the body of Christ is, uh, it's not like a, it's not like a machine where you flip a switch and all the, the mm. gears move and it, it moves all it. I mean, I, you think when it's all, everything's clicking and everybody's walking with the Lord at the, the same rate and pace that that would happen, but it's just not reality. Mm. That can be very frustrating and that can be very disappointing. I I think uh, I think when the sheep bite, that's disappointing. Yeah, when they're harsh with each other and they lose vision for the whole process of sanctification that we're all in the midst of, and they're hard mm. on each other. I think when expectations uh, are unspoken and uh, and you bump up against those expe- expectations, that can be very disappointing. Yeah. A structure sometimes there's a lack of clarity uh, when there's an expectation that things are are uh, your responsibility yet there's a lack of clarity in the structure. Yeah, there's a lot of things that can be very disappointing. Mm. You want me to talk about one? You want to talk about thirty? <laughs> <laughs> so how do but you? I'm not disappointed, Pete. I just have to say that I'm not disappointed. Yeah. Like at, the, at the, I mean, not I'm not crushed by that. I should say. Yeah. There are things that are disappointing. And, mm. and there are things that are heartaches, but it's, that's not crushing. And that doesn't, at this point in time, 20 years in, it doesn't make me run. It makes me say, this is, this is the thing that God is working on right now. And this yeah. is where God is working. So yeah, just to clarify. Yeah. Look, give me, give me a little bit more there, right? Because I think the reality about ministry often is, um, oh, there's a weight to it. Yeah. You know, Paul talks about uh, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. There's a there's an on, you know, if you're going to do ministry well, you're going to do it properly. In a sense, you, you will need to be ongoingly dying because the degree of death to yourself is proportional to the amount of life that you bring about. So there's there's those weights there. There's there's times of disappointment. Just explore that a little bit more with us. Like, it, why doesn't it crush you? Why doesn't it, why isn't that just a weight that just makes you throw your hands up and go, I'm out? I'm, uh, I don't want to do this ministry thing anymore. Yeah. You know, I think there's a, there's a reason why God had Moses write stuff down, you mm-hmm. know, is uh, it's, it's, it has a lot to do with the remember um, side of, of life with God that there are, there are enough times at this point in life where uh, God has come through and God has shown up and God has shown that he was being he was faithful in the midst of the time that you didn't see what he was doing and in the midst of the pain and the disappointment you get to the other side of that enough times and you realize oh oh he's uh he's shaping something in me he's changing something in me he's shedding light on something in me he's shedding light on something around me that i didn't see and he's changing mm. people and he's changing me. And mm. I think you see that enough times on my best day, on a really good day, that that's a, uh, that's well in view. Mm. You know, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that I don't feel the emotional impact of the disappointment. It's just that I interpret it differently. Yeah, it's good. I, I don't interpret it as, um, as failure. Like mm. weakness and mm. disappointment is not failure. Quite often, weakness, disappointment, it's where God is giving us a lunge forward. Yeah, early on, you think you're failing and then you scramble to try to fix it or scramble to f- try to put something else, an- another new ingredient in place to to try to compensate for the pain that you're going through because somehow you must be doing it wrong, right? Yep. 
But uh, I just think more times than not, certainly we can we can walk in sin and walk in in pride and be causing the the pain that we're going through. But quite often, when we're walking in the midst of suffering and disappointment, it is the very thing that God is using to shape our heart for um, for heaven. Mm. You know, we mm. get to experience the the sufferings of Christ, and uh, that's where the grace of God is found. I get to see things that I didn't see before. I get to know and experience things that I didn't see or know before. Yeah. 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 I remember um, when uh, my wife and I first had children, one of the lines that we used to throw around is parenting is the w- the best and the worst job in the world, often at the same time. Right. right. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I probably yeah. feel that way sometimes in ministry, in pastoral ministry, is it's the best and the worst job in the world, sometimes at the same time. It is. You, again, you go through those, uh, the premarital counseling and it, it's, it's hard to say, but it's the right thing to say. You, you're, uh, you're entering into the most sanctifying relationship of your life. Mm. And I think that's what, you know, pastoral ministry is as well. I, I think there's a, yeah, just a weight and it just, but it's, there's a lot of joy there too. Yeah, you there know, is. there's a lot of joy in knowing that, that, uh, God is using, the shaping of other people's lives in the shaping of your life. And um, I get to be right in it all the time. Yeah. If, if we're wise, we stay in it, you know, mm. because the temptation is still there. It's less today than it was 10 years ago. Mm. The temptation to run, mm. you know, and uh, the temptation to find another church or to find another ministry in the church uh, yep. to try to escape the, the pain uh, or the relationship that you're, struggling with at the time but you know we learned to just stay in the fire yeah i think the other thing uh that's helpful the other thing that you've said there which i think is um really helpful and has been really helpful for me from a ministry context and is the the idea of how much we actually do control anyway sure you know like when things are going well the truth is we're not actually doing that much to make it go well we think we're right. doing more than what we actually are. And there's probably yeah. almost innumerable other influences that are going on in that moment that are actually helping things to go the way that they're going. And I think sometimes uh, the temptation for me is uh, in our success, the temptation is I'm making this thing go. And then in our failures, I'm making this thing fail. When in reality, yeah. I mean, the activity of God himself and all of the other things that he's doing in the world and in the people there at that point in time just dwarf uh, whatever yeah. it is that I'm contributing to it. And that, yeah. that for me has helped in just bringing me back to, to Jesus and what he's asked me to do and me just getting yeah. that done. And if, yeah. the, if the waves kind of rise in success, it's going, huh, would you look at that? Yeah. And then if right. they go down, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's a similar kind of response. You just go, huh. Look at that. I mean, the calling piece, the uh, the who are you, what has God called you to do, what do you need to deliver up at this point in time with his strength, that never changes yeah. even when yeah. responsiveness kind of goes up and down. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a pretty emotional person, so I do feel those waves that go up and down, that has been a real battle for me. Um, the externals affect me and people's responses and – um, it's one of my, you know, one of the greatest strengths of of ministry for me is relational connection. Yeah. Um, but when I'm not doing well, 
it becomes one of my greatest weaknesses. Yep. And I start looking and looking to people to satisfy things that only Christ can satisfy. Mm. Right. And, and, uh, and, and I do look at those ups and downs when I'm not doing well. And, uh, and I go up and down with them. Mm. And, uh, and that's a, that can be a real struggle for me. And that still is so less today. Yep. I've said that already a couple of times, yeah, yeah. but less today than 10 years ago. Uh, but I think that's the that's the win is that the Lord has shown she, he shows it to you enough times yep. that you realize, oh, that's me. I, I kind of that's kind of my weak spot right there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it trips me up less today than it did. Yeah. 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 So t- let's just uh, head a little bit more in that direction. How can you tell that things are starting to unravel a little bit for you? personally i don't i'd imagine in the last 20 years or so that you've had moments where you've for whatever reason you've overextended uh yourself maybe and how much you're working or you're carrying some heavier things and what you would normally kind of carry and you start to flag a little bit uh underneath the weight of those things yeah how how can you tell how would other people around you be able to tell that jeff is not doing as well that's a great question i it certainly has changed over the years you know, it's when I was younger, uh, earlier on, I think I tended to, I, I worked a lot. I put in a lot of hours. Mm. And when Jeff is not at home was one of the tells that, uh, that I'm not doing well. And which is really strange because the church pats guys on the back for, for working their tail off. Totally. And uh, you, you put more hours in and you, your, your car is always seen at the shop. And, and, and they, you think they're encouraging you by patting you on the back all the while you're diving into operating in your, in your, in your flesh and operating in your weakness. Mm. And, and, uh, so that was one of the tells early on. And then how that would affect me is, you know, anger and paralysis relationally at home and in my marriage. That isn't the thing, uh, so much anymore. It's more for me now, what I was saying before, that that I begin to use relationships rather than bless the Lord and function in them. Mm. Uh, I I can use them for my own benefit. And um, yeah, I I can get clingy. I can get needy. Mm. uh, I start wanting people to feed that thing in me and I become, uh, you know, blind to my real need. Yep. which is, you know, intimacy with the Lord. So I, I, I seek it with other, with people. Yeah. And, and I really do praise the Lord for this, that my closest friendships that I have now, uh, it's not just that they're insightful and they see it. I've been able to just tell them, this is when I'm not doing well. Mm. This is what it looks like when I'm not doing well. When I call you and like, I start to get uh, manipulative or disappointed <laughs> or pressure you. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, so you felt this from me, Pete? You want to tell me about it? Um, <laughs> no, brother, no, brother. <laughs> no, but that's it. I just, I start needing people in ways that I really should be crying out to a God who so easily can yeah. hear that and know what to do with it. And people don't know what to do with it. Mm. And I end up pushing the people away mm. instead of uh, them drawing near. Now, a good friend who knows where I'm at, they know what to do. They know how to draw near, but in the right way and not just feed my yeah. the monster. So know? do you, do you, do your friends with that information, that Intel, do they run interference when, uh, 
when when you start to do those kind of things have have you what's that like for you do they kind of say jeff you're, you're doing it again brother <laughs> uh yeah i have had people who see it they're really gentle the people who see it they're, they're really gentle and they will say it's more a question of why are you doing that yeah why do you why do you need that why are you pushing that thing so hard and why are you pushing that relationship so hard or why is that affecting you uh the way that it is yeah because then when i don't get what i want when I when I don't get the relational connection that I want, then I can retreat yeah. and become par- paralyzed. Okay. And they they see that as as much as anything else. There aren't many people that that are at that level of relationship with me, but there are a few. Okay. That uh, that are out ahead of me, and they'll see it. Angie knows that's that's a beautiful yeah. thing. Is when well, when you get to that place where you where your wife knows. Yeah. There's something more. At the very least, she would know. There's something more going on. Yeah, uh, she might not know what it is, but there's something more going on here. Yeah, why are you feeling so insecure right now? Yeah, isn't that? I mean, that's so precious to have people around you who uh, can know you, can can read you like that. I mean, even even if it were only one person around you who can it can read yeah. you. I don't know whether you have golden books in in America, like those kids' books. Do you have Do you have golden books? I th- I, th- I, I think so. They're the one they got the little yeah. gold on the on, on the, the spine. Yeah, yeah. 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 So uh saying over here is uh you can read you like a golden book, you know. The beauty of having people close who really know you is that they can read things and they can read them quickly. Yeah, they 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 love you and they want the they want the best for you and it's it's good to um you know, it's such a blessing to have people that close and and when you have yeah. them close, I think the trick then is are you prepared to hear the the truth from them from them in the middle of that moment. So just transition a little bit further on that one. What when you see yourself starting to unwind and unravel a little, perhaps other people around you are starting to see that a little bit. What do you do with that? Like how do you get refreshed? How do you stop the rot, so to speak, and get back to yeah. to a good place? Yeah. Well, again, that's it's a growing development. It used to take sometimes it would take me a week. Yeah. So I, I would spiral and uh, retreat, and it would take me, you know, a serious amount of time to be able to reconnect with people and see what the real issue is. Mm. Um, it's much shorter time now, and there's a there's a phrase that I've been using for the last uh, last year: uh, willing, willing accountability, just being willing to connect with people, willing to to uh, have different areas of connection. Mm. with uh with friends and i mean that's the way accountability works i mean you can have accountability partners and they can ask you questions but you can hide from them all you want if you're not willing to so i have a couple of places where i have i've willingly entered into a connection at different levels and with with angie um i've got a really close friend um outside of um, you know, I've got Angie and then I've got a very close friend that I connect mm. with and mm. they know to ask me some questions. I feel really safe to be able to tell them where I'm at. And yeah. uh, it's never a one size fits all uh, silver, silver bullet question or a silver bullet conversation that brings me back. Um, but I think it is connecting with a person I feel safe with mm. for them to be able to point me to the Lord and without shaming. Yep. And then I do, I have a couple of friends that I, uh, pastor friends that I connect with once a week. That's a good place for me to, mm. uh, to connect with people. 
and um, so they actually get to see the ups and downs. Um, not quite like Angie, but they get to see me on a weekly basis. Yeah. And then I've got a pastor's cohort that I connect with as well on a monthly basis. So these are places where I feel like I, I wasn't seeking them out earlier on in yeah. ministry. And uh, the choice to to say, like, I, I know I have these weaknesses and I know I have propensities to isolate. So mm. I'm going to uh, I'm going to willingly connect with these people and yeah I think that's great I think that's uh, one of the struggles that I think or one of the difficulties for pastors in churches is um, there's a very very small number of people I think in the local church who can actually track with a pastor with their ups and downs without it causing difficulty for the wider church uh, and that's that's not to say that I uh, I don't believe deeply in being as transparent as we possibly can be as leaders but we still even as we are being transparent you know we we can't always be uh, wisely transparent with you know some of the deeper things going on in our lives with a with the broader church uh, it just wouldn't be appropriate yeah. to do that and so having some yeah. of those kind of portals where you can you can fully be Jeff Pierce in the moment at that point in time, I think it's uh, invaluable. Yeah. You know, Pete, that's been part of our our relationship has been really helpful for me. I mean, you're all the way across the pond. Yeah. Um, yeah. We uh, yeah we just have our different places uh, and different circles of of uh, connection and mm. to be able to call you sometimes and to be seen by you in an, in an hour's time and to to listen to you pray for me and to have a have a pastor in my life to, mm. to pastor me for a moment has been a real blessing to me and i think that's probably one of the earlier experiences i've had of a pastor in my life mm. and i uh, i really appreciate that i appreciate our friendship that way yeah it's great just last thing today can you just just give us a little snapshot what What's the best bit about being in ministry, being a pastor? Uh, you can tell us a story if you want or just tell us the, the best bit where you just go, that's it. That's the thing that puts wind in my sails on nothing else. Yeah. I've uh, shockingly had two of uh, probably the top five in 20 years moments in the last three weeks. Wow. Well, yeah. So I'm, I'm riding a wave Come right on. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've been I've been meeting with these uh, three young adult men, and they uh, I had invited them a few months ago. Hey, would you guys want to learn a bit more about teaching the Bible? And uh, so I've been meeting with them, and uh, the level of investment that they made in relationships with each other, and their response to my prodding them and, and pushing them to to look into God's Word and to shape then eventually a way of communicating God's word to the body. Uh, they just preached a couple of weeks ago at the church. Oh, that's great. And I sat, uh, I sat there with, uh, with my wife, and tears rolling down my face. <laughs> I, just, I just felt this uh, freedom. Mm. I just felt this freedom because, Pete, you know, um, sorry, you're emotional. With this COVID thing going on, I mean, we're about 30%. Of our, of our of our attendance and mm. that's okay god's doing what he's doing and people are taking their time coming back to church and but i feel the pressure yeah is uh is the church going to be what it was and it's not we just don't know what the church is going to be mm. in uh you know a couple months down the road and uh so i feel this i have been feeling this pressure of performance of if they don't come back what are people going to think of me mm this new senior pastor 
And, um, but these three guys are up there preaching and they absolutely killed it. I mean, oh, they, awesome. they did so well and blessed the body and, uh, and the response from the body was everything you wanted it to be for these three young men. And I sat there, uh, listening to their sermon. And I just felt this sense of freedom come over me thinking, Lord, if I could do that for all of my days, mm. like if, if you could give me three young men mm. a couple times a year, that'd be good. That would be good because I have a connection with them now and they have a connection with the church. And it doesn't even matter if they come to Leroy Chapel after they graduate from school, they, they could go serve the Lord anywhere. And now yep. they have this connection with the Lord that's going to get invested and spilled out somewhere that's yeah. going to bless someone. And, uh, yeah, the second one, Pete was this, uh, there's this guy in the church who's really become a close friend, but he was really injured in ministry, uh, about five years ago. Hmm. And, uh, since, since that just wounding time, he moved away and he moved towards business and he's very successful at what he does. And he's a very gifted leader and it shows in his business leadership, but he really is the heart of a pastor. Hmm. And, uh, <laughs> We've spent time together talking about what happened and why it happened and what God might be doing and that God's not done with him yet. And, uh, and he preached this last Sunday for, for uh, four years. He hasn't preached in four mm -hmm. years. And God just used him. And I just saw him shining up there, the Spirit of God and giving the Word of God to, to the body. And right. it just, just blessed me. And... Um, and I get to be his friend and we yeah. get to walk together and we get to serve together. And he, and he doesn't want to go anywhere. He wants to stay here and he wants to serve the Lord. And he wants to preach God's word and he wants to build into to other people's lives and be a pastor. And mm. uh, yeah. So like <laughs> it just seeing God do that in people's lives, because what yeah, you said before is like, did I do some things right in moving towards them? I don't know. Some things right. Some things I don't know, but God shaped their hearts mm. over a period of time in relationship for his glory. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I got to see it happen and, yeah. the, and the church got to be blessed by it and yeah. God's glorified by it. So that's kind of a long answer, but that's good man. What an honor. I just, yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate you sharing that. They're good stories, man. Um, yeah, for sure. We, uh, we normally close on our podcast with a, um, a scripture and, uh, yeah. we, uh, as hosts normally read it, but um, I think uh, it's just a great opportunity for uh, people yeah. who are telling their stories. Is there a uh, scripture that is particularly sustaining for you and your ministry? Can you just give us yeah. like maybe 30 second snapshot why it is and then read it for us? For sure. Yeah, thank you. And it really has been a pleasure talking with you today. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's probably why that those stories impact me so much is that like I get to see them and it more importantly, I know that God sees them mm. and they, they feel touched by and connected with uh, with the Lord in ways that they didn't before we before we started down the road. And that just blesses. And uh, this passage, uh, this is the ironic prayer. And uh, what what touches me about this is that, you know, the Israelites weren't in a stellar mode when this was given. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and that's me. I can I can connect with that. And uh, yet he wanted them to know over and over and over and over again, no matter what state that they were in, that God sees them. Mm -hmm. And so he gave them this blessing 
number six, 22 to 27, says the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his son saying, thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. It's the picture of God seeing me. Mm, yeah. It's uh, That's what sustains through it all. I just want to be connected to him. Mm. And uh, and I need him to see me. Yeah, Because I don't have it in me to see him most of the time. Mm. I need to know that he sees me. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's why that text um, impacts me the way it does. Thank you. That's beautiful, man. Thanks for uh, yeah. thanks for sharing that, and uh, thanks for sharing your heart today with us and some of your stories. And we uh, we pray God's uh, blessing upon you, brother, in the middle of uh, the COVID Thank situation you. over there in the states. And um, you know, my heart yeah. for you is that the Spirit would continue to stir in you, so that you can do all the things that you're called to do, and that you'd be faithful in all of the Lord's house, yeah. in the sense of His household, His uh, His family. And yeah. um, bless you, mate. Thanks so much for your time today. Hey? Yeah, thank you so much. It's really been my pleasure. Yeah. Take care, brother. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Restore Ministries Australia podcast. If today's episode was a blessing to you and you would like to support our ministry, please visit www.restoreministries.com.au forward slash donate. Every generous donation is used to further equip and serve the broader church to see people restored to true humanity. Or if you would like to access further articles, videos and resources, please visit our website, restoreministries.com.au and head to our resources page. Restore Ministries Australia, a catalyst for Christ-centred change.